distractions Look straight ahead I'm getting pushed sideways Off track instead Look for the moment Nothing is real I look for the magic When touch turns to feel They're right in front of me Seems far away Is there any way Any way I can go Again, laking hennepin, thinking about life the way that things might have been. Anyway, anyway, I can go home. Hi, you guys, this is Richard Sachs, and we're back on Lost Arts Radio. This is um, a real treat for me, and I hope for all of you too, because we've got our friend back. Uh, G. Edward Griffin, who was here several years ago, and a few things have happened since then. And you'll know that uh, from keeping up with Ed's material that he's got a newsletter, Need to Know News, which is great. Uh, I get that all the time. And he's also involved in a meeting that when we're recording, this is about to happen. It may be just having finished when we're uh, broadcasting this for you but at that point we we'll probably have some of those people visit us after the fact and he's involved in uh, the Red Pill University which is going all year we're going to get an update on that and I want to hear about Freedom Force and uh, of course he's known primarily as the creature from Jekyll Island's author and that's a book I've read more than once it's great about uh, the basics on the Federal Reserve which are very relevant to the destruction of the money that's actively happening right now. We've got so much to talk about. Um, I think it's going to go by very fast. And my objective for the discussion is going to be to update on all the major stuff that Ed wants to talk about. But the main focus has to be we've got a situation happening in the world, and you may have noticed that if you've been out of bed in the last year. And um, there's a lot of intense stuff ramping up at an accelerating rate right now. And most of the public is still pretty oblivious of what's going on. And and even most of the single issue, people aren't necessarily putting together the whole context of the situation, which is required, I think, for it to come up with the best solutions. So welcome, Ed, and I think this will be a fun and fast hour. So thanks for being here. Wow. Thank you, Richard. Uh, it's been a long time since we have spoken, but as I'm sitting listening to you, I, I remember all of the uh, discussions we had, the rhythms that you use when you speak and the, the contemplation you give to your words. It's uh, always refreshing. So thanks for inviting me. Thank you. That's nice of you to say. I, um, I think right now, let's, let's kind of, since this is going to be a really short talk compared to what we have to go over, Let's characterize, in your words, what's going on right now. What is going on in the world right now? It sounds like a question, doesn't it? Well, it's real simple. What's going on and what do we do about it, right? Then we should be able to cover that. Let me see. How Every time I think about that question, I have a different uh, viewpoint. I guess it's because it's a moving target, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, basically, I think it's pretty clear to probably all of your listeners that what is going on in the world today is we're approaching the end game of a of a process that's been going on for a long, long time, 
And depending on your worldview, you could trace it all the way back to Adam and Eve, I suppose. But I would like to just trace it back to, uh, you know, the turn of the last century, because that's when that's when the power of communications was ramped up a uh, hundred and so some years ago. Uh, when a, it used to be that potential tyrants would have to appeal to the masses by standing before them and shouting at them at the top of their lungs and maybe the the largest audience that could be persuaded by their words might be a couple of hundred and then with the development of the vacuum tube and the amplifier and the loudspeaker it made it possible for a guy like Adolf Hitler and and Mussolini to stand in front of a microphone and shout out at to tens tens of thousands of people at the same time all amassed in a huge courtyard and the then the this psychological phenomenon of uh, group dynamics began to take on a special importance it was a part of the human being a human species i suppose it was seldom brought into play except when you got very large groups of people together and for mass exodus or tax or warfare or something like that but now all of a sudden with the electronics it was we were get, gathering people together electronically and it made it possible for this group psychology thing mm, to become a weapon of war on the part of those who wish to use it that way and of course there's always someone who is willing to do that mm. and then you add to that the, the invention of television and not only do you hear people you could see their voices and now you didn't even have to go into a central meeting place you could sit in the comfort of your living room and you have the sense that you're you're watching somebody who is addressing a worldwide audience and the reverb the sounds and everything and the setting and the lighting and the gesturing and the oratory of the polished professional doing all of this it's it's a magic combination and so you could if you thought about it and studied it and and had an inkling to do so you could begin to manipulate huge numbers of people to come to conclusions and to feel emotions that they would never have done on their own as individuals. They, as individuals, these people, for the most part, we are all quite sane. We we don't run off the cliff generally. But you get them together, and, and they tend to act like lemmings. You could say, follow me, and they all go off the cliff because they were told to follow somebody. So I, I just I preface it that. That's just what's going on. It started, I think, with all of that uh, uh, that new means of communication. And the plan was for the few, the very few, to literally control to the gnat's eyelash the activity of all of mankind. To control, and by that I mean to totally control, even down to the thoughts of what people have in their brains. And the uh, emotions they feel, uh, what they feel is acceptable, to change their culture, their mores, even their morality, could be done if you use the science of psychology and and mass psychology especially. So the plan developed, I think, along about that same time that there were people that thought, look, we can control large numbers of people. How about going for the 100% mark? And then you found people like Hitler and Marx and Stalin and Mao Zedong and 
I won't name some of our American <laughs> leaders because <laughs> <laughs> they all began to dream of world world domination and world influence. Yeah. And it was not just a dream. They had the money. A lot of them, of course, arose from the banking industry, the banking fraternity. And they had unlimited quantities of money because they figured out a way to make it out of nothing and make the rest of the world feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And again, anybody could make money out of nothing, but to get everybody else to think it's a good idea, now this is psycholog- this is a psychological accomplishment of no small order. So right. they did that. So they had unlimited supply of money, and but the, all of it merged onto the co- concept of how do you literally enslave mankind and let them feel that you did them a favor, <laughs> that it was all for their own good. Or one, that, one step beyond that, have them enslave themselves and like it. Yes, of course, at your suggestion, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, you suggest what they might do or should do. Yeah. You, you really should do this if you're a good citizen. If they want to be heroes, you know. And, and you want to protect your grandmother from dying of COVID. This is what you should do. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that, we're back to the psychological game again. So that was that was the nature of it, and that it's been growing and ramping up in speed. And coming closer and closer to the end game, and now I think it's like um, it's like a long, long train ride. If I can picture that in my mind, and we've been on this train, we're moving toward a destination. We look out out the window of the train, and we can look ahead, and all we see is train track to the horizon. Oh, a huge distance ahead. We we know we're going to a place we don't want to be, but it's so far away we can't see it. Mm-hmm. So okay, let's go back and have another martini. But now you look out the window and you can see the station ahead. It's small. It's on the horizon. But you can see it now. And Mm -hmm. we're still approaching it. I think if I could use that rather crude analogy, I think that's where we are. We can see the end point now. And And everything inside the train car looks normal. Everything everything in the train car looks normal. It's uh, Maybe some people are have a different expression. They're more worried than others. Others are drinking more martinis than usual, so they yeah. don't have to worry about it. Right. But yeah, pretty much everything on the inside is going okay, but we can see that train station approaching, and the closer it gets, we can see that it's got barbed wire stretching all around it. And we know that it's a it's a prison destination for all of us. Right. I think that's that's what's going on in the world today in a sort of a, a analog, analytical form or an analogous form. We're approaching the end game, which is where we're all, all supposed to be at our own passive uh, consent. We will be enslaved by our masters, mm-hmm. and it'll always be in, in the name of it's for our own good. Right. That's right. it. I think that's true. And maybe um, one more step, unfortunately, not not to ruin the cheerful atmosphere here, but I, I, think, <laughs> I think that... It includes the step, that little part on the end, you know, the extermination part. And oh, yeah. when you look ahead to the camp, yeah, like with Hitler's camps, there are smokestacks, and they're not burning wood. No. Yeah. Well, that's part of the end game, because there will always be some people, uh, possibly like Lau and me, who mm-hmm. just won't go along with this, and we're going to squawk about it and do everything we can to prevent this from happening. And, of course, to uh, the potential oppressors, they, they cannot tolerate that. So right, the, right. That they'll have to extinguish as best they can. And so that's part of the end mm-hmm. game. 
It's uh, we've seen miniature versions of this played around the world in periods of history where the regions were not global; they were regional or national. And yeah. we've seen even small countries like in Cambodia, in the mm-hmm. night of the of the of the knives, and tens of thousands of people were murdered in one night just because mm-hmm. they were on a list of potential uh, uh, dissidents. So we we know what the formula is, and only this time it's intended to be on a global scale. Yeah, and it's interesting how they're using the, after training us for so long to worship the medical industry, that just like the Soviets have used it, and in fact the Soviets used uh, primarily the um, psychiatric part of the medical industry, but they used mm-hmm. other parts too, and then uh, other dictators use the medical industry in different ways, and Apparently, it's worked really well, and they're doing it again. It's hard for people to imagine that that could have any kind of untruth in it. Well, you know, I think it's hard for Americans to imagine that, or should say harder. People in Europe and certainly in Asia, they've been used to things like this, the unthinkable, the unspeakable atrocities. It's been more a part of their recent history than it is in America. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise those folks. I've talked to a lot of them, and they, they're quite, uh, they have no trouble understanding it. That, not that they like it or are complacent, but to them it's quite plausible. Whereas to our friends here, our friends have had such a wonderful life from cradle on forward. We just can't even conceive of that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we've been taught through television and all the other media that the public servants are just working day and night for our benefit. Yes, and if we have any doubt, we just ask the public servants and they'll explain it to us. That's right, because they, yeah. they're always uh, objective about everything. So. Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of reminds me of the, of the campaign about Smokey the Bear. You know, yeah. all these movies and, and cartoons. Smokey the bear wearing the hat, always a smile on his face. And kids, uh, many generations now, have no f- no respect for a bear, a real bear in the wilderness. Oh, there's Smokey. Let's go up and talk to him, you know. <laughs> That's great. Just lost his hat for a minute, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, there's Smokey. I'm so glad to meet him finally. Uh, something. Yeah. So... Um Well, we're seeing a lot right now, and I think I'd mentioned before that even the people that have some awareness of what's going on tend to look at one issue and say, look, there's no no question that this issue is the important one. If it's not fixed, all the others don't matter, and then fill in the blank, whether it's GMOs or, you know, whatever the issue tends to be, war, um, toxic agriculture, uh, the money system, whatever, but actually... It's important. I think the reason that education has been more and more focused on specialization is to make sure we don't understand the context of what we're looking at. And if you can have a wider view, whatever your special, you know, depth of knowledge might have started at, then it's much better chance that you know what to do with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would imagine that Red Pill University is probably trying to have an antidote for that over-specialized tunnel vision approach to memorized education, right? Yeah, we do have the approach. Uh, it's not We're not trying to. We have it. We've discovered it. It's, a, it's no mystery. It's always been in plain sight, and that's just to have a, a solid collection of reliable, vetted information 
And by vetted, I don't mean to make sure it always agrees with your point of view, because I don't believe that uh, we should we should keep information out that is just different from our point of view. If we think that it's potentially, you know, we don't. Our point of view is that we we may have strong opinions, but we always have an open mind, because uh-huh. everything, literally everything I hold as a solid view today is changed considerably from what it was when I was a kid, when all of the, my, my opinions and attitudes were handed to me, and I just had to learn them. And then, after I began to discover the way the real world worked, I discovered that well, my, some of these uh, pre-constructed uh, systems really were, <laughs> were just fabrics uh, fabricated to keep me in line, to make me do what I was supposed to do right. uh, without thinking about it. And so after you get used to discovering that some of your most cherished beliefs w- were of that category, it becomes easier to see other things that challenge your belief system. So, I mean, I, I even had a, a conversation the other day with a fellow. We both more or less had tongues in cheek, but we were challenging each other on the flat earth theory, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I come preconceived that that's the most ridiculous thing I could possibly uh, think of. But we sat down and challenged each other on, well, how do we know this? You know, let's just hypothesize that maybe it really is. And for some reason, somebody's trying to fool us. So could they do it? And so forth. So I think exactly. it's a healthy attitude, even though yeah. you have an opinion. It's once in a while, you know, challenge the heck out of it. I think it's great. In fact, it's a big part of the essence of real science. Mm-hmm. And what that's degenerated into is memorized, acceptable information. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been taught to to accept it that way in school. Mm-hmm. So Red Pill University is built on that uh, principle. Anything is, is open for discussion. Now, when it comes to the fundamental principles in which we believe, now this is where we draw the line, because we honestly, when I say we, I started this, so I said it was I, and mm-hmm. then I, share, I shared it with people, and a lot of people said, yes, that's what I believe also. Okay. I, I created the Creed of Freedom which I think everyone has to have a certain set of principles as a gyroscope to get moving. Mm-hmm. And especially in the world today, I see the great, all the conflicts basically divided between those who believe in collectivism and those who believe in individualism. These are the two ideologies that are at war with each other in the world today. And you take all of these things like communism, fascism, Nazism, socialism, all of these things, and you peel off the label and you look underneath, what you see is that they're all the same when it comes to the solid principles. They all believe the right. same. And they may fight each other in a war and kill millions of people on the other side, but it's not over a difference of agreement, a difference of opinion and, or agreement over the principles. It's all over territory. And who's yeah. going to control? Who's going to be the kingfish? So right. uh, once you get that picture, it's, it's much easier to sort things out in the world. There are only two major ideas out there. And I think that uh, I, I'm convinced that individualism is the only ideology that has any room for, in, for personal freedom. Yeah. Collectivism is based on, based on the principle that the group is more important than the individual and that the individual has to be sacrificed if necessary, for mm-hmm. the greater good of the greater number. Well, right. once you take that position, there's no atrocity in the world that you can think of that couldn't be justified simply by saying, well, it was necessary for the greater good, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that is unacceptable. That's where we draw the line. Beyond that, uh, it's an open debate, and let's have it. It's fun. Let's, right. let's, let's find the truth. 
Well, you get into the the questions about the principles of um, libertarianism and nonviolent cooperative anarchy, and the issues I see with that are primarily that you know the idea that was supposed to be the foundation of a country like America, even though it was never fully lived up to, is you just live however you want. You have total individual freedom. You have your own beliefs. You think whatever you want. Speak freely as long as you don't take away the rights of anybody else to do the same thing. And there are different ways that you can trespass like that. One of which is to start your own free market business that happens to poison the whole world. And that some people see that as freedom. And so there's, there's some kind of caveats you've got to put on individual freedom not to indirectly kill everybody else. Right? Well, that is true, and that's, uh, that also is part of our creed of freedom, by the way, Richard. Uh, the, uh, let me just run through that, because I think this is, you, you just nailed the, the one possible objection that people might have first time they think about this, you know, total freedom. Of course, it's not total. You can't, have, you can't be free to kill somebody because you don't like them. That's, uh, that's not freedom, in, in our sense, at least. So the, the concept goes something like this. In the native condition, Homo sapiens has the right, or let's ask the question, under what conditions does man have the right to use coercion, physical force, even Mm -hmm. lethal Mm -hmm. force against another human being? Under what conditions would that be acceptable to kill someone else? So it's a shocking question. So, but you have right down the bedrock of this issue, right. and the answer always comes back. Well, you you couldn't blame a person if they were fighting for their own lives and somebody was trying to kill them. If they were trying to defend their life, then mm-hmm. all right, they could do anything to defend their lives. Okay, there's one. Yeah. You could you could use coercion to defend your life. What about your liberty? Somebody's trying to enslave you, put you in a cage, make you serve them for the rest of your life. Yep. That what good is your life if you're a slave? Right. So now you have it in the defense of your life and liberty. Now, very few people would question that you have a right to use coercion against another human to defend your life and your liberty. But in that, if that is the case, and then you reason forward, okay, now we create, you have two people or three people, and we're going to create a state. Notice I didn't say government, because I don't like the word government. That's a problem. People say, well, what kind of a government do you want? And they lose the discussion right there. What's the difference between government and state? A purpose of a government is to govern. Control you. Yeah, to govern. It's implied right in the word, to control you. No limits implied. They control you for anything because you just said, I want a government. I want to be governed. Right. Now, a state can be a government, or it could be, the word I would like to give it, is a protectorate. Now, Mm. back to my analogy. If we have the right to protect ourselves, our lives and our liberty, using violence, now we could delegate that right to the state. And that is all, however. We can say, okay, members of the state, we authorize these people to carry guns and 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 flamethrowers and other weapons of destruction. Yeah, mm-hmm. But it's for only for one purpose, and that's for the defense of our lives and our liberty. Nothing more. Because uh, we can't delegate to the state that which we do not have. Right. right. So once you get hold of that, now we understand a new idea of this thing, the state. We should stop calling it a government because that that weights the argument. Governments always govern. I don't want that. 
I don't think very many people do. And when our state was created, our nation was created by the founding fathers, they didn't use the word protectorate, but that's what they created. Mm -hmm. If you just read the documents, it says the purpose of the state is to protect the citizens, not to govern them, not to rule them, but to protect their lives and liberty. Yeah. Yeah. So there you have it, and there's the core argument, and it's, it stands. It really stands. There, there always is a gray area, of course. You know. Now, do you have the right to kill another person in the defense of somebody other than yourself? It gets a little gray. So you see someone trying to kill someone on the street. Now, can you go in and kill the assassin, even though they wasn't, he wasn't trying to kill you? What do you think? Well, <laughs> uh, I, I think yes. I think yes, but you have to be very clear that you understand the situation. That maybe uh-huh. maybe it was not aggressive as you think, as you look at it. Maybe it was in defense themselves. They were defending against the aggressor, mm-hmm. who at yeah. that instant that you witnessed it, the, at that instant the aggressor was not aggressive, but standing still. But it looked to you like the other guy was aggress- aggressive. Uh, important so had- safety tip. Don't misinterpret the situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, of course, there are always gray areas. And so there's no perfect answer. But this is as close to perfection as you can get. Now, it gets a little bit more gray, but no less important when you talk about modern technology's impact on the whole question. Because, for example, what if you have a company that sets up and and we've actually had whistleblowers from this kind of company that exist all over the U.S. right now and probably all over the world. And they develop a technology that was used in World War II, which is using frequency weapons to control people's mind and put and make them into uh, suicidal or homicidal killers or whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Now they're developing that technology. And according to whistleblowers, it's already done and in use where they develop technology that will influence a whole group like a million people at once mm-hmm. and make them go crazy in the street and burn down all the city. Right. So now, what what does that tell you about those people that are being influenced in that fashion? Uh, are, 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 you influ- are you threatening their lives? Yes. Have you threatened their freedom? Of course. They, have no, they can't even think straight. They have no freedom of action. They right. might as well be in chains, except they're in mental chains. They're being screwed up in their brains. So, and maybe out killing people, too. Uh, yeah, sure. Well, you can do that without frequency weapons. You know, you can take some young men and put them in the military and show them pictures of the enemy and say, these yes. are the enemy. And, and say it's and, defense. It's, say it's defense, yeah. So you can always get to the brain game. So you just have to stick with the principles, always the principles. And you may not be able to apply the principles with absolute clarity in every case, but nevertheless, the principles stand. So if there is a corporation, which we're dealing with a lot right now, which are doing what amount to capital crimes in non-obvious ways to people that are just oriented toward, you know, whether you're shooting somebody or not, those corporations or the people who are running and directing them, I guess, would be guilty of infringing on freedom. Absolutely, Uh except the only disagreement I would have with that statement, Richard, is that I would take the or out of it. I I don't think the corporation is is an entity. It may may be a legal entity, but you cannot punish a corporation for committing a crime. Yeah, it didn't come up with its own ideas. No, no. It's only people. And that, yeah. that's the problem with the corporation, is that people hide behind the corporate veil. 
a, yeah. a pharmaceutical company can lie about its research and say this drug is perfectly safe when they know full well it's going to kill 20% of the people that administer uh, to and, and maim maybe another 40%. But they'll lie. Yeah. And I said, the, perfectly safe and effective. So when yeah, it happens, yeah. when it happens, okay, they finally, 10, 12 years later, they dig down, they find out, oh my gosh, they hid this information. Bad corporation, bad corporation. Never mention the people. Oh, the bad corporation. And then they go and start some other company or pay a fine or something. Well, like. they pay a fine, yeah. It might be a huge fine. Oh, it's but a, less it's, than the profit. Well, well, who pays the fine? That's the question. Not the criminals. The customers, I guess. The right. customers, the stockholders, the guys yeah. that committed the crime get bonuses. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. and so there's a $5 billion fine, and, and the guys that committed the crime get a promotion and a bonus. Right. And, and if you're talking about the drug, medical drug dealers, they may have made $8 billion and paid a $5 billion fine. Oh, it's more than that. They made $80 billion and or paid 80. a $5 billion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's just a small cost of doing business. Yeah. So this is the problem with thinking about corporations and governments or states as being something of themselves. There should be no hiding behind the corporate veil or the government veil. If a, if a police officer or a public official violates your human rights, uh, they should pay the fine. They should go to prison. You, do, you, don't, you don't sue the state or you don't sue the city of Chicago because some uh, maniac cop killed somebody illegally or improperly. Oh, we're going to sue the city and make all this, the citizens of Chicago pay for it, and the cop gets laid off, that's all. You know, this is crazy. Yeah. This is or crazy. Put, or put in an office job. Or, or put in an office job, yeah. Right. Or, You're or, getting or, to the Nuremberg Code. Yeah, or, you know, or, he, goes, just or he gets to Oregon, or he goes to Oregon and gets a job with the state police in Oregon or something. Yeah, like probably a commander of something. Yeah. Yeah. So what about when you have a situation where an entire industry, like the brainwashing, and I mean the media industry of America, and it's keeping everybody unaware of what's going on so that these crimes can continue? facilitating mass murder, basically. Well, I think it's the same thing. The, the people making those decisions should be held liable in a court of law. Because what about the people following the orders who, may, who didn't make the decision? Well, yeah, I think they, everybody should be, should be liable at some level, depending on the extent to which they are the decision makers or the supporters. But, you know, if, if, you, just, if you just punish the people at the head, that's all it would take. There would be, be the end this, this would yeah. come to an end right away. Right. Mm-hmm. And it would be a different kind of penalty that wasn't less than the profit. It would be an appropriate penalty, yes. And yeah. if, if, if a man sits behind a desk and signs off a piece of paper that he knows is going to kill one person, much less 10,000 people, yeah. I think he's, he's guilty of manslaughter. That sounds logical. Yeah. And so in order to avoid that being carried out, which would require, I guess, support of some major part of the population, the, the main job of the industry of media and education is to make sure that nobody can think straight and have common sense. And they've been very right. successful so far. Right. And not only can't think uh, straight or don't. They don't feel that they, it's their job to. You know, it's not my job. I'm just, exactly. a good, I'm just a good citizen. I'm a team player. I go along. I don't make waves. And it's the community that's responsible for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the challenge is to change 
the popular mentality. Right? Yes, you have to start there or it doesn't work. And you've got people of all ages in different stages of indoctrination because you've got little kids who are just born and just a few years old going to preschool or being at home and living in a screen, you know, so the parents have time to do something else and not have to worry about them. And then you've got all the kids through school. You've got medical doctors and PhDs being indoctrinated to memorize what they're supposed to believe in, everybody in between, and the older people. Now they're not working so much. They're being taken out of employment and put into a welfare system, mm-hmm. which, which the system would like to make more and more comprehensive. Well, yeah, that just accelerates the problem because even more so now, we're not responsible for ourselves. And so we get this check. It's coming from the community. It's coming from the government or coming from the state. Right. And, and so I'm not really responsible for my success or failure. It's the system that is. So also I will proves be, the system's benevolent, too, because they're giving you money. Yeah, yeah. So in order to continue to be worthy of this benevolence, right. I, just, I have to be very, very obedient and uh, not complain. Right, and they'll provide you with checklists of how to do that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Basically, so the ultimate social credit score tied to money. Mm-hmm. So we're back to what I said at the beginning. This has become a psychological thing of mind control, and that's the real, that's the real battlefield now. It's getting people to not only accept, but to welcome their enslavement. Another really interesting part of that, and I feel like I should talk really fast because we just barely got started in our time's going by quickly but what i want to bring up is this interesting you know and maybe we can do other segments later when you have time too if we if we feel like it but um there are two kinds at least two kinds of intelligence at work here and what you're talking about one is iq intelligence basically the ability to process things in your brain quickly do calculations maybe be good at math or word choice and things like that that's totally separate somehow from the type that people are lacking the common sense perception type Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. how would you describe those two i think you just described it well the the one would be uh, i suppose um skills and the other would be perception i think if you if you spend all your time in school learning how to do mathematical problems or learning grammatic structures and the names of vowels and nouns and adjectives and so forth and and memorizing the names of states and cities and you know historical facts and the names of kings and queens and wars and so forth you you you're developing your memory skills and and uh, maybe that would show up as an intelligence quotient. Getting ready to go on Jeopardy or something. Yeah, getting ready to go on Jeopardy. And I'm not denigrating that because I'm in awe of it. I wish I had some Oh, yeah, some of those people are amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't mean to denigrate it. But then there's something else that comes with, with the old lady down on the farm, never went to school, but she can look you in the eye. And pretty soon she can see right through you. She knows everything you, about you because right. she's, she knows. She can just, she's perceptive. She notices that you dressed in a certain way. And obviously you didn't need to dress that way. You dressed that way because you wanted to be approved by your peers. Right. And she notices uh, your vocabulary and, and what, what things interest you and what you want to talk about and what things you don't want to talk about. She notices how you carry yourself. She notices whether you're always talking or whether you listen to people. She notices, she picks up on a thousand different things. And now that's a different 
different level of awareness that I think really gets closer to what humanity is really about. So would you say in a way you could, I mean, the words don't really matter except what's behind them. You're, you're talking about state of consciousness. Really. It, it, it's, yeah. it's what leads to wisdom. I think we just hit the word. It's, it's wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's wisdom. Yeah. It comes with experience. Hopefully. I mean, what, what allows it to come with experience so that you don't misinterpret everything? What do you think? Some well, people can experience a lot and come oh, to I think crazy that's, conclusions. I think that's a self-answering question. Because if you, if you watch everything and experience it, and you come to conclusions, and then later your experience proves that your conclusion was wrong, right, right. <laughs> your experience self-corrects itself, you know? Okay. It's, all, it's all experience. So you just have to be, have an openness to learning from what you're observing. Yeah. And experience it. That's how I see it, anyway. So that's what one thing that would be learned by students in Red Pill University, ideally, right? Yes, and the interesting side issue there is that you don't have to experience everything yourself. You should be anxious to listen to your elders or other people even younger than you if they've had experiences beyond sure. yours. Right. Uh, you should be always anxious to learn from the experiences of others, which is why I think book readers have an advantage over non-book readers. Yeah. Because you can read a book, and especially if it's a certain kind of book, a historical book, and one which penetrates the motives and the feelings of the players and not just their, their names, especially if you're reading the the memoirs of the actors themselves, the people in history who write letters to each other. I mean, just reading the, reading the private letters of, of um, Thomas Jefferson, for example. Yeah, I'm just, thinking of the Federalist Papers. Yeah, the Federalist like Papers, things like that. They're coming from the minds of men in the middle of turmoil, you know, and they're just right. telling you what's going on and what they experience. This is where knowledge can... You can, you can gain a thousand years worth of, of experience in just uh, maybe a year. Yeah. Tremendous advantage. You're open to the experience of other people. Yeah. But if you spend all of your time watching Dancing with the Stars or maybe some drama series that's all fiction, uh, you're not learning anything. You're not getting any wisdom. Yeah. Well, maybe that's one reason that our controllers or would-be controllers wanting us living in virtual reality. You know, I think it's, a, it's actually, experience. yeah, it's probably very true. Because that way you're guaranteed not to come up with too much wisdom and make a problem. Right. Remember when you had the interview that has been seen all over the place now? It was on black and white television. You did a lot of great ones at that time, too. But this particular one was with a um, Russian, uh, Soviet defector. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the stages of taking over a country. Yeah, Yuri Bezmianov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yuri right. Bez. What he a character great. he was, yeah. So what so, do you think when you apply his stages... What, what's the current situation with that here? We're in the last stage. We're right at the edge, the door. The door has been unlocked, and it's, it's now free to open for the last stage, uh, which is normalization, as he called it. And that's where, that's, where they come, that's where they start playing rough, and they just get rid of, use physical violence and chaos, starvation. Uh, They get really rough in this last stage to get rid of all opposition and to destroy everything so that people have nothing else on their mind except 
survival. Yeah. And once once that's all there is on your mind, then you accept anything. You're not going to say, well, wait a minute, that's unconstitutional. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> <They're just laughing. laughs> you figured that out by yourself. That's great. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's what they talked about in Gulag Archipelago, you know, with wishing that they had done something a little bit earlier before yeah. they all ended up in the camps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah it, all, I mean, this is not something new. It's not like, golly, who would have guessed this? You know, it's been in the books. It's been in the words of people like Yuri Bezmenov that risked his life to mm-hmm. escape from the Soviet Union to deliver his message to the American people. Yeah. And the FBI turned him down. They, they were embarrassed to even have to deal with him, sent him back to Canada. They didn't want him telling the truth because they didn't want to have to deal with Russia as in a, as somebody that was not our best ally, you know? Right. It was not politically right. acceptable to face the truth. Yeah, yeah. Well, so if we're at a pretty late stage right now and they're, they're getting to the point of, you know, from the medical side, it looks like they're trying to kill billions of people with just the injected stuff that they're doing to people. It's not enough to make GMO corn, they're about to make GMO humans in a way that <laughs> yeah. is really damaging. Yeah. So, let's say, remember those old chess puzzles that used to come in the newspaper on your driveway? And they'd be a little square, about three inches, or, you know, by three inches or less. And here's the pieces, right? White and black. Mm-hmm. And you've got three moves to win the game. What are they? Oh, yeah. So, what if this is the chess puzzle? What do you think the moves might be? Well, Interesting analogy because the moves that are being given to us, there there is no winning move available in what they give to us. We have to create our own move, which is change the rules of the game. Basically. Change the rules of the game. Yes. In other words, there, the the options we're given. I'm going to simplify this now. Is who are you going to vote for, Republican or Democrat? Exactly. You know? Which that, one is the savior? Yeah. Yeah, that those neither one, folks. This we're, I'm looking for the other piece now. You know, right don't, right? don't tell me there are only three pieces. I want another piece. Exactly. Which ones are you hiding? Yes. Uh huh. So, if you follow that analogy, if you can follow it anymore, have you thought at all about which pieces might be hidden that need to be used? Oh, I think about that constantly, yes. and this may sound a little bit. Uh, Grandiose, but I think Red Pill University is it, and Freedom Force International. That's the piece of the puzzle that nobody wants to think about. Okay, so we should look at, but in the time that we've got, we should look at both of those, because I think they're parts of one thing, they or are. at least one idea, and maybe there's other parts too. And the solutions are like really important. <laughs> Because there, yes. as in my opinion, you, there's no point in knowing about any of this garbage unless it's for solutions. Mm-hmm. Right? That's absolutely, it, yeah. No point in just getting depressed for no purpose. So, if looking at Red Pill University and Freedom Force and what that came out of as a concept, if that's a hidden piece or a major hidden piece or maybe one of the main ones, how should people start understanding to use that? What could it do? Well, this is a huge topic. I wish we had a whole hour to talk about it, but I'll condense it. Very would you come back to do that at some point? Oh, in the I would. I would. This is my favorite topic. Don't you Richard, think that's important to really go into oh, in depth? I would stand. I would stand on a street corner or a soapbox or in the bathtub or wherever I have to stand and, well, and, until and we're speak totally on this. Wiped, yeah. Till we're totally wiped off the internet, I'd like to try it <laughs> as soon as possible. But yeah. let's do the teaser part now with the well, idea that we'll go into it more later. The teaser part is that we have to 
we have to recapture our system the same way we lost it, more or less. And that begs the question, well, how did we lose it? We didn't lose it through through bombs and bayonets. We, no armies invaded us with uh, a flag that was different from ours. We lost it from within. We lost it to people that are born in America and have American citizenship. We lost it because they adopted this idea, this ideal, this ideology called collectivism. And that's because there was a group of people and you might look at it different ways and say, well, they were the Marxist-Leninist. Yes, they were. But they were also the, the, um, the New Age, not the New Agers, but the New Educational people that were sponsored by J.P. Morgan and the Rockefeller Group mm-hmm. to start changing our textbooks in American school to teach that collectivism was the wave of the future and individualism was old-fashioned. It might have served our way in the past, but now it's, it's got to go. Was that and, like around 1910 or something? Yes, exactly. Yeah, 19 to 1910 in that range is when yeah. they started putting huge amounts of money. They started at Columbia, a univer- a Columbia University, and then they had Teachers College within it. And that's when John Dewey and all these people started coming to the front. They were all financed by these, um, these, uh, these, uh, these people that wanted to have new textbooks and new history books. Yeah. That's where it started. And it wasn't, and it, we call it Marxism, Leninism, which it is, but it's really collectivism. It's more fundamental than that. And so we lost it because people with that mindset became the teachers in the universities and the school systems. They became the politicians. They became the, the priests and the ministers. They became the head of the unions. They became the presidents and the board of directors on our great uh, communications networks, radio, television. Uh, they they went into those sensitive areas where a few people can control the many because of their leadership position. Right. That's how they stole the country. And there's only one way to take it back, and that's to reverse that process. And that's that process, what we're all about. process was also helped along quite a bit with funding from the Federal Reserve people. Right? Well, yes, they had the money to do that. So you might say, well, we don't have the money, so we lose. Not so. What did they do with the money? They what they did with the money is they were able to buy people, which is mm-hmm. pretty important. I mean, you do, yeah. you do need yeah. soldiers. We don't need to buy people. You see, we've got mm-hmm. people like you and me, and we're working for free, man. And, yeah. and you don't need to recruit us with paychecks. In fact, most mm-hmm. of us are taking a cut in pay and risking what we have by taking a stand. But mm-hmm. we are legion. So yeah. we have something they wish they had. We have the people and mm-hmm. the sincerity and the determination. We're fighting for our lives. They're just yeah. fighting for control. Yeah, it's really, there are so many layers to this. You know, we just had somebody uh, come out as a whistleblower from one of the secret societies. Mm-hmm. That is kind of an umbrella. You may have already heard about it. It's kind of an umbrella to many of the other ones that are operating. And they apparently own... Almost all the major popular figures in entertainment, media, government, everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And they look really like nice people, but they've taken an oath to do some very unpleasant things. And they've promised that if they reveal what, who they're serving, they agree to be tortured and killed just for the good of the collective. Yeah, for the good, yeah, the greater good of the greater number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty powerful, and when you look back in history, there are some examples where it didn't show up that way in the news, but you could interpret it as a disciplinary action like this senator back in the 60s. He started. He was part of this central group, and he was starting to revolt, and his 
daughter was slaughtered in her bed. Exactly. Remember that? Thing they're into. And he, he was silent after that. I mean, and everybody saw that, and yeah. they thought, okay, this was probably well, they're some... they're continuing to do it because it works really well. It works and it, well. And it's, it's the group that John Kennedy warned against just before he was killed as a monolithic conspiracy, remember? Mm-hmm. The speech he gave before assassination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, you can't... If you just say, well, we can't do anything because of this monolithic conspiracy, then you never do anything and it gets worse. Oh, right. But that's the biggest uh, self-deception in the world. Of course we can. Um, but And we have the numbers. But yeah. it, somebody has to start. And we've started. There are plenty of people are starting. You know, this song has been going through my head a lot lately. I'm going to have to dig it out. Maybe I can repopularize it. Remember, it goes, give me some men who are stout-hearted men, and I'll soon give you 10,000 more. Yeah, shoulder to shoulder from? and bolder and bolder. You know, this da, 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 da. this is was, it. That was your hit in the 50s or something. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, oh, there's some... Th- yeah, that's, the, that's it. It's as yeah. old as the hills. In other words, you can start a real positive pandemic that would be extremely contagious. Extremely contagious. When you, when you get a couple of million people out in the streets in Europe, as they have recently, yeah. demonstrating against these lockdowns and so forth, right. American news doesn't carry it. Most Americans don't even know that's happened there. I know. And yeah. But once they learn that and they see it happening on American streets... People will get bolder and bolder as they go shoulder to shoulder, and there's nothing that can stop that. Then there's some kind of a collision that happens because the controllers are not going to stop either, and so those two forces collide at some point, right? Yeah, there's, it's a collision. There's no question about it, and it's going to be very ugly. Uh, I don't want to let anybody think that this is going to be a piece of cake. They're I mean, not going to just say, rats, you've got too many people. Yeah, to, you win. We give up. You yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's, they're going to be hell to pay. Yeah. But there always is hell to pay when issues like this are at stake. Yeah, because it's not all goodness that's working behind everything. Yeah. There seems to be duality here. Think of the hell that they paid during the American Revolution. Right, and that was a monolithic conspiracy called the British Empire, right? Yeah. At least on the surface. Yeah, and a bunch of, well, a bunch of farmers followed the, the, the thought leaders, the gentlemen that were, you know, went to school and had, came from good families and had studied mm-hmm. history and philosophy and political science and, and knew what happened in history when democracies formed and, and they knew about ancient Rome and the Republic and all of these things. So yeah. they, they created the idea, but then the common man said, that sounds good to me. And they, they went shoulder yeah. to shoulder. And that's there what it's going to be. There was kind of a more depth of perception in the general public at that time. Or at least a percentage of the general public, they could well, appreciate. What it was, was totally, it was totally deeper because there were no political parties involved. Yeah, it, it was yeah. not a question of who you're going to vote for. It's a question of what are you going to vote for. Wow, that yeah, that's really different. That totally different. Yeah. So how does? Uh, and this again is the prelude to a deeper dive into all this stuff obviously one way at a time how does red pill university fit together with um, freedom force 
Okay, here's the short version. Freedom Force is the is the central idea generation of this whole movement. These are the thought leaders, the ones like like myself and, and people like you, devoting our total lives to this. I mean, we sleep and breathe and eat and drink this all day long, every day. What are we going to do? How does this work? How does history help us? What are the th- you know? We're, we're the hopefully will be the thought leaders that come up with the right plan and the right strategies. Now we have to reach out to a much larger group around us. And this is what our opponents do. They have their central group, and then they have you know, the round tables, and then they have organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations, and then they have political yeah. parties political parties around them, and they just reach out to the, to the masses that way. It's they're good brilliant. teachers for us. Actually. They're very good teachers. We don't have to adopt their, their, their morality or their objectives. Right. I mean, right. we don't have to become murderers, liars, cheaters, and thieves. Yeah. But we can organize. Uh, okay, let's go. So uh, back to us. So Freedom Force is at the center, and then we have these two rings around that, which are really the same people, but more people involved who don't have the time or the inclination to become scholars and 24-7 dedicated to it. You know, they've got families to support, lives sure. to lead, and so forth. But they're all in, all in, totally. These are, this, is the, this is the bedrock of, of the movement. So yeah. that's where we have Red Pill University and Red Pill Expo in, in that ring out there and it's working I mean it's it's a very rapidly growing ring and the people that come in they know that there's something wrong they're open minded they want to learn they're questioning I mean it, it I mean they're not just coming in and say yeah whatever you say sign me up they come in with questions upon questions like we all do yeah. but once they get their questions answered I mean they're in what are we going to do so now the next step is to become active in our local communities. That's where Bread Pill University comes in because we're building campuses on every, we hope eventually, every county in the United States and mm-hmm. around the world in provinces and so forth. This for, is where we have... A, in, in-person meetings at those places. Oh, not just meetings. It's not just meetings. These are, these are groups where you actually influence who gets elected to the county board of supervisors, who's going to be the mayor, who's going to be the sheriff, you know, on the board of education. This is where we have to be active. These Forget are little the, mini CFR meetings, basically, yeah, on, the, on the positive side. Believe me, the meetings are not the main thing. It's the action. It's the activism. Yeah. It's becoming, yeah. taking a position on, on ballot positions. It's doing advertising, winning votes for this candidate, raising money for that candidate, exposing the lies and deceits of another one. Because if, if you don't recapture control of the system, then you lose. You have to. So, so Freedom Force International, is combined with Red Pill University, is almost like a little mini state which needs like a constitution and some basic principles like you talked about mm-hmm. that this is what's going to get into all the practical issues that's right and that's the only thing we ask people to agree on is those those, those issues and it's the most important part of this that we're not a pyramidal organization where there's somebody at the top giving directions and uh-huh. everybody following the orders that's what we're fighting right Every, everybody has their own style they come in with their own uh, with their own background, their own educational level, different religions, different cultures, different nations, different right. genders, different lifestyles. And we say, okay, we may disagree on a lot of things. Let's leave all those things at the door. Now, when we come into our coalition and we're going to fight for liberty, we all talk about one thing, which is how do we retrieve our freedom to be individuals and be individualists 
and defend our lives and liberty, and that's it. The rest, you go figure it out for yourself. It's all details after that. Well, let, yeah. let me ask you one quick question, because we just have a couple minutes, and we can get into this more, too, in the more complete version. Mm-hmm. This last week or so, I really got into how the secret societies attract people and how they get them willing to just give up their life and their soul and their being in order to be members of this. And the way they do it, I think at this point, though I may, you know, alter it as I learn more, is that they offer them what they call success, which means money, sex, uh, luxury lifestyle, um, Prestige. Worship, prestige from other people, Mm -hmm. uh, fancy, you know, big houses and cars and the ability to be uh, supported by the mainstream media, no matter what you say, as long as you stay Mm -hmm. along that. And people, a lot of people can relate to that on a gut level that, yeah, that's the whole point is to enjoy all this stuff. That's Mm -hmm. success. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they can't relate to the other option. Because it seems like it's all theoretical and philosophical. And, you know, I want to feel what do, you, what do you get for the gut level reward? How can you present that in a way, hopefully, that becomes so real that you might even get defections from some of the people that are running after the money? I don't know the answer to that one because I think that's something they have to discover for themselves. I think if they're into that, if that all is, is what excites them. And I can understand that, especially a young person. The older yeah. you get, the older you get, the more you realize, or the more wise you get, let's use that word now, yeah. the more that you realize that those things don't last. They don't really have much kick anymore. So and we should you, get some defectors who are older from this bad system then. Well, that's usually, it takes a little bit of age. Yuri Bezmianov, when he defected from the system, uh, by the way, he was born into a, a high-ranking communist family his father was a general in the soviet army and so they they had their you know every nice house all the food they wanted clothing i think they had a chauffeur you know they they they're living like most capitalists uh, wish they could (laughs) live but he and but he defected because he could stand the the horror and the unfairness the pain and the suffering that he I think what you're pointing out is that the head collectivists don't really believe in collectivism except for you. Well, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's it's a, just a means. It's it's a fairy tale that they convince people of uh, uh-huh. as a means of controlling large numbers of people. Head down. It's it's a means of enforcing the pyramidal structure that the people at the head really are going to take care of you because it's for your good that you give them that total power. So when people want to look forward to, I'm trying to be true to my promise to keep our time to where, you know, we arranged. But um, for people to look forward to when we get into more depth in Freedom Force International and Red Pill University, their, their joint project to actually change the direction of, you know, America was only always supposed to demonstrate for the world what freedom is like, not force other countries to oh, follow right. along, but be so attractive that everybody would want to do this in their own country. Mm-hmm. So what are we, we going to get into when we get into that in depth? 
Well, that's where we get into the the final stage of recovery. We've got some battles to go through before we get to that stage, but I'm glad you bring it up because we have to think ahead to what are we going to do when, not if, but when that actually happens. If you wait until then, uh, probably it won't happen. Yeah. And that's, that's, the, that's the reason for the, the creed of freedom, really. There are seven principles there. And it's, it's quite simple. It, all we have to do is implement those seven principles. And how we do it, nobody really knows. And it might be different in one country than in another country. And certainly it'll be different in one culture to the next culture. Um, but the principles will remain the same no matter what. How we implement that means we first of all have to break the iron fist, the grasp that the, that the collectivist system has over every human being on the planet now. We have to break that. And then we can talk about well, we can talk about what we can rebuild it with, but we can't rebuild it as long as, as the, the iron hand is around our throats. Well, then when we get time to do that, we should talk about how to break that hold. That's our immediate step. And, and even before that, we have, to build, we have to build the army, don't we? That's what Red Pill University is all about. You need, you need boots on the ground. Yeah. You need, and these are not soldiers with guns and bayonets. These are soldiers with ideas. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. So yeah. we need boots on the ground, and that's where we're at right now. Then, when we have the ability to dominate, literally dominate, or at least heavily influence the social and political uh, life of the community, now we're building a national coalition that can affect national politics as well. So early on in that process, you're talking about good people actually running for office and things like that, right? Absolutely. We have a major program in our upcoming Red Pill University. Uh, it'll be conducted by Randy Pinochi, who is the um, uh, commissioner, county commissioner in Oregon, in Oregon, in, I've forgotten the name of the county, and he's bringing a couple of his, his people from the legislature in, um, not Oregon, excuse me, in Montana. Boy. Mm, okay. Excuse me, Randy, yeah, Montana. And uh, they're going to be on stage, and the title of their section is Why Fight City Hall When You Can Be City Hall. It makes sense. And that's it. That's as simple as that. And not worry about getting in there and being attacked by the corrupt elements of it. We have to replace them. Yeah. Stop asking. The, we have to stop standing around City Hall looking through the windows and saying, oh, you in there who have authority and power, won't you please listen to our petitions? Won't you please do what is right? Please? Please? And they think that's pretty funny, actually. They laugh at you, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I'll go and give you a speech, pat you on the head, send right. you away with a lollipop. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, so, we got some interesting stuff to get into. Um, it's exciting, and uh, we'll look forward to it. So. Well, the place we start, Richard, I'm going to just get a little plug here. Uh, yeah. We still have time. On June 5th and 6th, uh, our next Red Pill Expo is going to be held in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Okay. And uh, we're doing it in South Dakota because it's one of the few states that are still free. You don't have to mask or social distancing and all that nonsense. Wow. And, of course, it's the gateway to Mount Rushmore. So, anyway, if you want to learn more about that, that's the place to start. Come to redpillexpo.org, and you'll see yeah. everything about no, it right there. That's, that's important to know the websites to, st to start getting familiar with what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Redpillexpo.org is the time-sensitive one, because yeah. that's about mm -hmm. to happen. And you can discover everything from there. 
it'll go to the university and to freedom yes. and mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Redpillexpo.org. Right. Okay. All right. Hold on. We'll say goodbye in the break here. All right. Very good. Sounds great. So there goes Ed Griffin, you guys. I hope you really enjoyed that. G. Edward Griffin, to be specific. And um, he's doing great work. I read somewhere that he's 89 years old now and, and not slowing down at all. Pretty good example for everybody as far as getting a lot done. And he's under tremendous demand right now. We were really fortunate to get him on, to come on our show, and I appreciate that very much. Um, the websites he left us, redpilluniversity.org and redpillexpo.org, referring to the event that's coming right up. And I guess you're going to be hearing this show on the 30th, if I'm not mistaken, and within the next few days after that is the amazing meetup of the Red Pill Expo in South Dakota this time. Um, but you don't have to drive over there. He said you can, as, as he was explaining, you can um, be there virtually and you can buy a not very expensive pass to both days. I'm going to try to do that. And I don't think I have time to do it all lifetime, but um, he said you'll have access to it for like a month or more. And so it's a great opportunity. There's going to be some incredible people meeting there. And um, you can go to redpillexpo.org and see who they are and see how you feel about uh, getting a ticket, either in person or most likely if you don't have time and opportunity to drive all the way to South Dakota, you can do it virtually. It should be really a great experience. And uh, Freedom Force International is another thing to really look into. And I didn't get him to give us the website of that, but just put in Freedom Force International into DuckDuckGo, some kind of a web browser that's not going to spy on you like Google does, and um, find out about that. The idea of Freedom Force International, you know, because these three things go together, that and the Red Pill University and the Red Pill Expo and... um all, all these things help each other as part of one unit to get good people into positions of leadership that are not there to harm the public. That would be a real revolutionary idea, similar to when the country started. And Ed is saying, you know, Ed's being one of those inspiring heroes in a action-adventure movie that's not just falling down and saying, we're dead, we're dead, it's all hopeless. He's saying, no, we're not dead, unless we decide... We want to be, you know, to give up, which would not be really a sign of great intelligence on our part. We should say, perfect, you know, we can attack in all directions because we're, we're surrounded, you know, no problem. And take care of ourselves in body, mind, and spirit and, and emotionally. And, you know, what you do can inspire or discourage other people. It's totally up to you. And Ed's a great example. One, one inspiring leader like that can change everybody else's point of view. And there are actually many of those now, as Ed pointed out. So think about the expo and check out redpilluniversity.org. If you haven't read The Creature from Jekyll Island and have an interest in really knowing about the basis of the economic system and the Federal Reserve and all that, it's a great book. I've read it multiple times and it's available still. Uh, what else? This is our Sunday show. We also have Saturday shows 
related to every it's all related to current events but lost arts radio live which is the saturday show at 4 30 pacific 7 30 eastern is specifically about some aspect of current events and that's on every saturday and many platforms have the recorded version and you can go to lostartsradio.com and see where that's still available you know that we haven't been censored at this point and share the show if you want to it would really be helpful and if you want to uh, donate financially if you have the means to do that and you think there's value in what we're trying to do here without flooding you with commercials and stuff like that um, donations are deeply appreciated and that's at uh, lostartsradio.com there's a donate button there or you can go to subscribestar.com slash lostartsradio and do it that way at many different levels um, our main message is that you're really critically important to what happens in the future of your own life and in the life of everybody else because we're all connected. And as Ed was uh, implying, you have vast power that you're connected to because of where you came from originally. And that can be accessed. You don't have to wait till you die. You can do it right now or start right now. And he's saying, look, I'm doing it. You could do it too if you'd like to, and we could all support each other, which I think would be a really good idea at this point, at any point, but certainly at least now, if not before. Um, I think that's the main thing I wanted to tell you. And then on the Saturday show, half an hour after it ends is Planetary Healing Club for the people that are really ready to get into deeper levels of this and work on themselves not just physical health and awareness of current events, but uh, find out what it means to work on your own consciousness because it's been forgotten what that means for the most part, but there's huge power access there. Not to force in it or tell anybody else what to do, but to change yourself in such depth that the impact you have on everybody else um, becomes much more powerful. And it's not because you become this really powerful ego or, you know, we're all in the same boat with that. It's because of what flows through you. And if you're willing to have that happen, it's been available. It always has been. And just like the ruby slippers on Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz, she just had to look at her feet. And that's an analogy to what we've all got, whether we're wearing shoes or not. And um, if you want to get into that with us, it's interactive, live every Saturday afternoon, evening, or other time, depending on what part of the world you're in. We'd like people in all parts of the world and all countries to join us in that if you're up to it. And your access point to that is, lost, is uh, sorry, planetaryhealingclub.com. If you have questions about it, there's contact forms on lostartsradio.com to ask about it. Um, but the to- whatever time we've got remaining to turn the situation around, I would suggest we appreciate it, value it, and use it primarily to upgrade ourselves because that's the PowerPoint that's forgotten. That affects everybody at any distance without delay. So wide open to you. Uh, Doesn't take a lot except your interest in uh, what you can actually become, which is what you already are, making that conscious, and we can support each other in that still an opportunity to change everything for the better. 
So anyway, thanks for being here. I really appreciate your company and joining us in this particular venture to heal ourselves and the world that we're part of. Um, no reason we can't have total success in that. So stay in touch. Have a great week and hope everything goes really well for you. And I'll look forward to meeting you here next time. Take care. Introducing Lost Arts Radio on Subscribestar.com. Just go to Subscribestar.com slash Lost Arts Radio to find our rewards program offering 10 different giving levels starting at just 5 bucks a month. We offer incredible value for any rewards level. From extra monthly interview videos not available publicly to subscription-based Planetary Healing Club videos once, twice, or three times a month, to private counseling sessions with Lost Arts Radio host Richard Sachs, to tech help with me, Doug Diamond. We even have one option where you can be the star on Lost Arts Radio as our guest on a specially produced show just for you. We conduct an interview with you and broadcast it to our growing network and listenership. Our subscribe star levels are one of a kind and offer great rewards for any budget. Please help support Lost Arts Radio. We can't do it without you. With increasing censorship on many of our channels, we really need your support today to keep doing what we're doing. As Richard says, we're not even at survival level yet. Lost Arts Radio has three weekly shows. Lost Arts Radio Live each Saturday night at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, which is a live stream currently on multiple platforms in case we get banned from some of the larger ones. Right now, we're on Facebook Live, Twitch, and DLive. You can access these broadcasts by going to www.lostartsradio.com live for all the links to those channels. The Planetary Healing Club meets right after Lost Arts Radio Live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Saturday nights. And our Sunday show with guests airs at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Sunday nights on our Blog Talk Radio channel, our YouTube channels, Facebook pages, and on Brideon. Be sure to sign up for our free email list just in case we do get banned on big tech's platforms. It's just a matter of time, really. They don't like the stuff we talk about, and they do not want the truth out there. In fact, they have already attacked us numerous times. Join our free email list so we can let you know where we are and how to access our shows. The sign-up button is right on the top right on most pages of our website. The best starting point for all things Lost Arts Radio is our main site, lostartsradio.com, where you can find the hottest news selection videos that we curate just for you. Those are on the homepage and added to daily, as well as articles and breaking news about information you really need to know. Our show archives, the 10 most recent shows, are right on our homepage, as well as our Blog Talk Radio page at blogtalkradio.com slash lostartsradio, or just click the All Things Radio Show tab right on our website. We're in the podcast directory on iTunes, and all of our shows except the band ones are on our YouTube channel, at Lost Arts Radio. Our Brideon page is really taking off, and we often have editors' picks videos right on their homepage. Visit brideon.com slash channel slash Lost Arts Radio. On our site, you can also access our free listener forum as well as sign up for the Planetary Healing Club, which is just $25 a month, where you get private access to a one-on-one interaction with host Richard Sachs and myself and the other club members who participate live. More info can be found at planetaryhealingclub.com. 
We're providing solutions in there to make the world a better place. Come join us. Stay tuned because up next, you'll get to hear a really great song by an independent artist that we're doing our best to support. Go to lostartsradio.com slash music for the full list of all the great songs and bands that we spin on our audio-only podcast shows. If you're in a band and want to submit a song for consideration for airplay on Lost Arts Radio, visit my website at diamonddiscaudio.com for more information about the music placement, mastering, and mixing work that I do. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Lost Arts Radio. We love having you as part of our family to learn, experience, and grow with. River was flowing, time that it passed. Don't know what I got till I know that it's gone. Seems like it's right till I know that it's wrong. Still right in front of me, seems far away. Is there any way, any way I can go home? Look straight ahead I'm getting pushed sideways Off track instead Look for the moment Nothing is real I look for the magic When touch turns to feel They're right in front of me Seems far away Is there any way Any way I can go Again, laking head up in, thinking about life the way that things might have been. Anyway, anyway, I can go Just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.